Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite Ravens YouTube channel and podcast, Talking Ravens All Day Every Day with your host, Justin P., and my co-host, the lovely Ms. Shannon Fitch. This is episode 38 for the uh, YouTube channel and for the uh, audio podcast, it's episode 32. You can check that out, you know, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff like that. All the links are listed below in the show, so y'all can go check out, support the show, subscribe, all that good stuff like that. But, you know, today, uh, Mock Draft Wednesday, we normally do it on Tuesday, we're going to do it on Wednesday. So I'll go let Shannon go ahead and start off first. Okay, so I have two this week. <clears throat> I have um, Zay Flowers at, and I did a trade with this one. So I have Zay Flowers at 22, mm-hmm. Tyreek Stevenson at 86, the cornerback from Miami. Um, Jacqueline Roy, okay. a defensive tackle from LSU at 125. At 157, I have Jacorian gotcha. Bennett. At 199, I have Jalen Redmond. And at 200, I have Thomas Encombe, edge from edge from our uh, edge rusher from Central Michigan. And then okay. on my next one, I have um, I drafted Cam Smith at 25, a cornerback from South Carolina. At 86, I drafted A.T. Perry, wide receiver from Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. At 139, I drafted Parker Washington, okay. a wide receiver from Penn State. At 157, I have Moro Mojo, the defensive tackle from Texas. You know what I'm talking about. And at 159, Texas. I know I have, exactly you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> at 159, I have KJ Henry. And at 254, I have um, Byron Young from Alabama. Okay. That was really good. Uh, mine's uh, this is a trade, so prepare yourself. Uh, a traded Lamar, just you know, just worst case scenario. You know, I don't want him to go, but you know how this is going for anything can happen. I mm-hmm. said to number 12 and took CJ Stroud right here at number two. And that's sort of back in the class. If you're asking people, and uh, number 12, I took Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU. You know, we got to get some weapons. Mm-hmm. Then at number 22, I went wide receiver again. It took Zay Jones. So I doubled up at wide receiver. Got to get a rookie quarterback, somebody to throw to, if that comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Number 54, uh went defense for the uh, finally. Uh, Garrett Williams, cornerback out of was it Syracuse. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, Carl Brooks at 86, edge rusher out of Bowling Green. Right here, one Moro Ajomo, same kid you just took out of Texas at 124, interior defensive line. And at 125, I took Jacorian Bennett, cornerback out of Maryland, you know, with Ohio and those guys. Then I went a wide receiver again, because, you know, I feel like this whole room needs a makeover. I went Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver out of West Virginia, a 6'3 kid, 230. He ran like a 4'3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at 158, uh, I took a linebacker to compete with Patrick Jones, Patrick Quinn, I say Patrick Jones, Cam Jones out of Indiana. And in mm-hmm. 199, I took a quarterback because we don't know what's going to happen with Tyler Huntley, uh, Clayton Toon, University of Houston. And then at 200, I took another running back for depth, uh, Keaton Mill out of East Carolina. And then number 219, uh, we got, I finally got Chuck Cart replacement from the same Zach school being attacked, uh, Chamari uh, Connor. Strong safety, mm-hmm. uh, number 44. So, and right there, and my other uh, right here, uh, 
I took Zay Flowers and Rick Stevenson from the U, my K. Uh, 18, eight, I said 18, A.T. Perry from West uh, Wake Forest. You know I'm high on him. Uh, 86, 25, because I did trades. Uh, Jacorian Bennett at 120 and 158. And 192, Dwayne McBride running back out of UAB. I traded Commanders for a uh, six-round pick. Took Stenson Bennett, you know, back of quarterback. He knows the system. Uh, Ricky um, Stromberg, center slash guard for Arkansas. And, um, and at 234, I got that pick by trading Nick Boyle to the Commanders. So <laughs> I took Tyrus, uh, defensive end, outside linebacker for uh, Mississippi State. Uh, I think I got one more, too. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Trying to find it, trying to find it. Bear with me, everybody. Now, out of the first, you never know how things go. We get the Rams got 122. Mm -hmm. We got 22 for us. We got 136, one. And next year is first in 2025 first for, for them jumping up from 36 to 22. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so at number 36, I got number 89. I took uh, Nathaniel Tank Dell right here, wide receiver out of Houston. Mm -hmm. Number 86, I took A.T. Perry, uh, you know, wide receiver at Wake Forest. And, you know, he's going to be in a lot of my mocks as possible. Carl Brooks, uh, edge rusher, Bowling Green. Can we use some depth there? Uh, traded Patrick Wayne to the um, one. Uh, took running back at um, UAB. Uh, then 136 took his replacement, Doria Williams, linebacker out of Tulane. 138 and went wide receiver again with Jalen. Big Gus to the Bills for uh, Gillian Bennett, cornerback out of Maryland. 171, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Moro Jomo, we just both took Boyo again to the Cowboys for, for, this, for, that, for that pick. Then 199, I took Stetson Bennett. So that was a mock draft right there. So, um, all right, let's talk about this. Coming, let's talk about offensive linemen that uh, the Ravens could look into as far as tackle, guard, or center. Okay, so I did my research today. So I got three names for you. Now okay. we always talk about okay. how the offensive, how the Ravens like versatile offensive linemen. So the guys that I have are guys that can play different positions on the offensive line. I don't know if they're going to be available at any time that we can pick, but these are guys that I think they should they should be high on their board. Um, first, I have Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Um, like I said, he's versatile, like the Ravens like. Um, I saw that he played right guard and left tackle when, um, in college. And even though we have Ronnie, um, because we know what his health has been over the past couple of years, we don't know what it's going to be in the future. It would be nice to have some sort of insurance policy um, to replace him. Um, next, I have Osiris Torres from Florida. Um, I saw that I he agree. played left guard. I saw that he played left guard at Louisiana and then right guard at Florida. So again, another versatile guy that we could use on the line. Um, bringing him would be more like a move towards the future. Um, it will allow him a little bit more time to develop. And um, I, especially with me looking at what they said his weaknesses were. 
Um, but what caught my attention about him was that they said in his last mm -hmm. year he didn't give up a sack. So one thing you have to do is protect the quarterback. If you can do that, you're good to go. So that's my second guy. And thirdly, I have Cooper, is it BB or Bebe from Kansas State? Um, again, he's a versatile guy. He yeah. played right tackle, left tackle, um, left guard in college, and he's right up the alley of what we're looking for. Um, and to give him one up on Osiris, he hasn't allowed a sack since um, 2020 from what I saw. So, again, protecting the quarterback is very important. So those are three guys that I think the Ravens should have on their radar. That's real good. That's real good. I'm going to go uh, Paris Johnson as well. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's pretty good, man. Like the kid, like you say, he's virtual. He can move around. And there was another kid, uh, I think it's – uh, oh, Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones. He's another one, another tackle stats guard. First projected first round. He's a beast as well. Let me see the school he went to. I just want to make sure I got the school correct. Hold mm -hmm. on. I don't like to give up false information. <laughs> Georgia. Oh, yeah, just like I thought. Georgia, yeah. 6'4", 214. Uh, can, like I said, play inside and outside. You know, so we get another Georgia lineman to you know, to help out with um, Ben Cleveland, somebody he knows familiar. And then another name is uh, Jason Patterson from um, Notre Dame. And because, like I said, Tristan uh, Cologne, uh, he just went to the backup uh, center and we needed a guard. So it was definitely some line. And then this other kid, uh, what the his name, but I'm about to Google it right now. I think it's Peter something. It's, it's Peter something. Peter Sharonsky. Peter Sharonsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Six four three fifteen. Like I say, you could play inside, play tackle and guard. Uh, Yeah, the kid from Florida that you just said. If it was his name, um, trying to figure. Out. Hold um, Osiris. My mouth drives. Yeah, Osiris. Osiris yeah, him, him. Mm -hmm. He's another one who can play guard and all that. Yeah, you got uh, you got uh, uh, you got Chandler Savala. He's a good one. He's been in our mocks. Uh, Antonio Maffi is another one. Uh, then you got the kid Duncan from Maryland. He's pretty good too. So you know, he's definitely uh, like deep old line class right here. So those are mm -hmm. guys they should look for as far as offensive line. Because like I said, we can go, we can look at all three positions: guard, tackle, and center. Because we can use Dave. Because we had guys leaving free agency. Jawan James, I'm sure he's not going to be back with his injuries. So you know, I, I, I can see them definitely drafting a lot. Then in the undrafted free agency, you know, we always get some. Hitting gems on the offensive line, so they definitely going to attack that. Mm -hmm. next, let's grade the 2022 Ravens draft class and, and um, see how, and then what can they do get to improve to help the football team? So you can go for it. Okay. Um, so last year we had 11 picks, and I will give them a B. 
Um, I was very impressed with how Kyle, Kyle Hamilton came along as the season went along. I know early on a lot of people was rough on him, but to me, he did well um, as the season went on. Um, Tyler Linderbaum makes me feel like we can have our center for the next decade. Um, Isaiah Likely, he's a stud. Stout. I know a lot of people were bothered by that pick, but to me, he was needed. Um, he was pretty. He did pretty good as a rookie. I'm also looking forward to seeing um, David. Oh, uh, what's how do you say his last name? Old Jabayo. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him get a, uh, get a David. Uh, David. David. Uh, <laughs> Ojabo. Oh, oh, David Ojabo. Ojabo. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get yeah. a full off season um, because that was a steal to get him last year in the second round. Um, Kolar showed potential. Um, Daniel Filet. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, but he did pretty well when he had to fill in for Ronnie Stanley. Um, and looking forward to seeing more from Travis Jones up front on the defense. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? You talking about Daniel Fale? Hey, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, um, like I'm looking forward to seeing more of um, Travis Jones up front. Um, like I said, I just found out yesterday that we only have one up, op- op- one office, one defensive lineman under contract next year, and that's I guess that's just him. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do um, him, yeah. in year two. And then um, the other three guys is more wait and see with me. You know, like uh, I don't have much of an opinion about them, but how I think they can improve, I would just say um, work smart, not harder. Um, football is just as much mental as it is physical. So I would like them to like watch film, learn from their mistakes, watch film to learn tendencies of their opponents and just keep learning and working. That's how you can improve and add to the team in 2023. Oh, uh, yeah, um, I agree with you. Uh, I'll start with Kyle Hamilton. Like I said, uh, he definitely got better as the year went on. Had a slow start, you know, but he turned it on, man. Started getting sacks, started getting quarterback pressures. He started deflecting pass. He asked he had an interception, but he got called back against the Saints. So, but, you know, overall, mm-hmm. for a start, I give them all, I give them an A. They, they all they played a few games, but the few games he played, he did get some pressure and made some. We went just just one chance. Uh, Tyler Lindenbaum, um, like I said, he was all rookie kid was going out there in space picking up blitzes, uh, going uh, blocking linebackers and DBs downfield. So like I said, we got our next, we got our center for the next 10 or 15 years. So we all with them Iowa linemen yonder. And now we got uh, Tyler Landerball. What's up, Raven C? So, yeah, uh, uh, let's see. Travis Jones, he he played pretty well for the time he was in there when uh, Calais got hurt or whatever. He held his ground. He actually had a couple sacks. So uh, he did his thing. Uh, Demarion Williams played pretty good, you know, while he was in there for the most part. He was coming up tackling. Like I said, him and Tavon Young remind me so much of each other. Smaller guy, but got all the heart in the world, not scared to back down from nobody. Jalen Norman Davis, uh, he got work to do. Like I say, um, he got thrown into the wolves against Miami. Once my once Marlon Humphrey got hurt, and then you know going against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's a tough task. And then Mike McDonald, you know, at that time still was having these guys play prevent and all this other stuff and cover two. And you know he was he had Tyreek Hill with cover two. Yeah, you supposed to let him go, but if ain't nobody come underneath, you still got to stay with him. Into the safety is over the top. Then you go in and wear a ball underneath. But, you know, it was just too much blown coverage from him. So he definitely can get a little better. And, um, you know, Charlie Kola, 
Yeah, he caught a touchdown week 18. So I definitely think he's going to be a bigger factor this year. Him and, and Isaiah Likely, too. You know, he made, you forgot about Likely. He made some plays, caught a couple no, touchdowns. No, I said, no, you know, I said he was a get, stud. Yeah, I said, I said Likely was a stud. Oh, okay, okay. I must have missed that. I must have missed that. All right, well, um, yeah, and then, um, Daniel Farley, he did pretty good. He's going to get a chance to start soon because Morgan Moses only have two years left on his contract. And by him being older, they, after this year, they might go ahead and decide to move forward and then go ahead and plug him in at right tackle like how they did with Orlando Brown and rock out because he's basically got the same size. They both were drafted in day two in the draft when they posted what first round because of, you know, work ethic supposedly. But, you know, he was in there, you know, blocking and putting people on their back. I think if he was playing at right tackle or on that side, Lamar don't get hurt. That's just my personal opinion. But um, you know, he he's definitely going to be much improved. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Jordan Stout, uh, I, I hated the pick at first. I'm like, we took a damn punt in the fourth round. We could have we could have got a punt in the sixth or undrafted. You know, like don't waste a pick on that. But you know, he, he paid dividends. He you know had the highest punt yard. I think out of his punts went like 27, 28 yards, like tie five in the lead and field positions, you know, in the NFL. So, George Stout definitely was, uh, all in all, was a good pick. And um, that was it. The whole journey, Tyler Bailey, of course, he didn't make it long. So, I give him an A. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I give him an A because, like I said, they all contribute in, in, in some way for the most part. So, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's see. Give me one second. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right, there we go. Next topic right there. All right, let's have a little fun. Uh, let's build an all-time Ravens offense using current and former players. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go first. Okay. Now let me first say, when I did the quarterback, this, I the just... quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback one going to be fun going. This going to be interesting. We're going to. Yeah. So when who I did this, who gonna be the starter? Who gonna be the backup by Lamar and Joe? <laughs> when I did this, I just initially just looked at the, the positions and just wrote who I thought, right? And then I realized that I didn't have any present players on my list. Mm-hmm. So I went, so I went back again, and I did consider okay. two different people for different positions. So I'm gonna explain when I get to that part of how I got to that part. So I'm gonna do tight end and quarterback last. Okay. Okay. All right, so at right tackle, I have Orlando Brown. At right tackle, I have Orlando Brown Sr. I know some people might say Michael Orr, but for me, I just feel like I just remember all the false starts, so I can't put him on like the all-time offensive line for us. Like I, I just can't on a right tackle. So I put (laughs) Orlando Brown Sr. Um, Right guard Marshall Yonder. No explanation needed. We already know what it is with him. At center, I have Matt Burt. Um, He stabilized that position. When we had our, you know, um, streak going, the five-year run that we had going mm-hmm. on when he came from the time we won the Super Bowl, um, he was, you know, the main force on our offensive line. I would have to give that to Matt Burt. Um, left guard, I would give it to KO. I hated that he had to leave, um, but I understood it was like between him and Yonder that particular year, but he always got a special place in my heart, so I would have him a left guard. And then, of course, at left tackle, I'm going to have J.O. Again, no explanation needed with that one. Um, wide receiver, I have Derek Mason. Um, I know some people might want to put Steve Smith there, but for me, and what Derek Mason meant to the Ravens, um, he, he meant a little bit more. He did a little bit more, so it's Derek Mason for me. 
and then Anquan Bolden. Um, really no explanation needed with him, but we, when he left, we missed him and we still miss him. You know, like we, you need a guy like Anquan Bolden. We don't win a championship without Anquan Bolden. Um, at fullback, I have Von Leach. At running back, I have Jamal Lewis. Now let's get to the tight end. When I initially made my list, I put Todd Heap because no brainer, Todd Heap. Like he, that was a he was longevity. Like Heap was he was the man. After we won a Super Bowl, he was the man for almost a decade, basically, right? But then I thought about it. When I realized that I didn't have any present players, I I, I was looking at different positions to see who could I change. So I I, I brought Mark Andrews into the picture. Mm-hmm. And I was debating whether it was going to be Mark Andrews, Todd Heat. Nothing wrong with that. Todd Heat. So I picked Mark Andrews. The reason I'm picking Mark Andrews is because he has the most yards for a tight end in Ravens history at 1,361 yards. And he also has scored the most touchdowns from a tight end in a season. So those are the reasons why I'm adding him as our all time tight end. Now, quarterback. <clears throat> we know it's between Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, right? And I went back and forth with this yeah. because technically, technically, skill-wise, and what Lamar can bring to the table, like you can look at it and say Lamar uplifts the offense. You know, Flacco, Flacco can drive the car a little bit, but you gotta make sure everything around him working for him to get, you know, for him to get going. Lamar can make things happen on his own because he's a weapon himself. So I was going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And ultimately I went with Joe Flacco and I'm going to explain to you why. Joe Flacco has a longer resume. We did a lot of winning with Joe behind center, regular season and playoffs. I can't ignore it. For that. sure. Joe left us with so many memories, For sure. not, just For mo- sure. not just moments, but memories that we're going to remember forever. And like right now, people point to how the Ravens didn't do a good job building around Lamar. I felt that way when Joe Flacco was our quarterback and after we won a Super Bowl. Those first five years, they built around they built around Flacco like you would build around a rookie to make sure that he has enough help around him. I understand that they expected him to elevate after winning a Super Bowl, but you can't expect that when you take away people's weapons, take away their weapons. And when we lost Anquan Bolden, like that was a big, you know, that was a big deal. And then that was the same year that, you know, Pitta ended up going down. We didn't know that was going to happen to him, but, you know, he he did get hurt. And then Ray Rice had an off year. You know, so everything around Joe at that point was just crazy because you 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 took away his biggest weapon, perfect, like you traded away his biggest weapon, and then his other weapons were dealing with injuries, and that just didn't help anyone. And then when I think about every year after that until Joe's last year here, I just don't feel like we did a good job building around him. And um, we bought in like Steve Smith here and there. The Steve Smith got hurt one year. Um, you know, we bought guys in, but it wasn't anything that was going to move the needle. And, and yeah. it was always a conversation about Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan. And I always said Matt, Matt Ryan always had the weapons around him that Joe Flacco never had. I would have loved to have seen Joe Flacco um, with the offense that was beneficial to him. You know, when he did well, we had speed. If, if Joe wasn't going to do anything else, he was going to throw the, he was going to sling that ball downfield. That's what he wanted to do. So when you got Torrey Smith and Jacoby Jones, who can take the take the roof off the house, then you have Anquan Bolden, who's making all of the tough catches. 
plus Pitta, including Ray Rice, without 4th and 29, we don't win a Super Bowl. And if you're a Ravens fan, I don't even gotta explain what that is because you know. Don't he don't even make the don't he don't he don't don't even make the playoffs. Exactly. So I say all that to say they did a good job building around Joe initially, but dropped the ball after the Super Bowl. But even and even with that, we won some playoff mm-hmm. games after that that I didn't even expect us to win. You know, going up against the Patriots and getting leads, yeah. two two 14-point leads, that was due to Joe Flacco. It ain't too many quarterbacks. That's, it ain't too many quarterbacks that can yeah, do that, and it's not too many teams that's going to go up to New England and play how Joe Flacco goes to New England and play. Like I said, he gave us memories. You know, we went to the Steelers when I didn't expect us to beat them either. Beat them. You know, so even though we didn't have a lot of playoff success or it started getting fishy towards the end, I put that more on the front office and what they didn't do. But overall, it's Joe Flacco for me. So I'm going to read my list one last time. I have Joe Flacco, Jamal Lewis, Monta Leach, Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason, Mark Andrews, J.O., K.O., Matt Burt, Marshall Yonda, and Orlando Brown Sr. You hear me, Sam? Yes. Yeah. Did you hear me? Okay, cool. Did you hear me? Yeah, yeah. The cord was um, it was twitching, and that's why I took it off. Oh, that was a great list. Um, me, I'm gonna go with uh, I gotta go with Lamar for some fact. The athleticism alone, like Joe, what you said was great. Joe is definitely if you go on all time great list. Yeah, of course, Joe's at front. That's no brand. I'm talking about just to put on the field and to play. Gotta go with Lamar because when that down in the pocket, you need a magician back there. You need a magician. So you need that guy to buy you one or two more seconds to be able to find somebody. Joe was Joe had a sneaky can get out the pocket. Couldn't even slide. Like you slide look like he's gonna break his fucking leg. So wow. But yeah, it, it's just I just it's just that fact that at Lamar can go with maneuver around and then like I said when you've seen him work with like you said subpar receivers now you give me these legends I'm about to give him it's just with that with that with his mobility I'm sorry I love you Juku you're the man but I gotta go LJ on this one running back Jamal Lewis because anytime you can get 2,000 yards running against a 10-man front and you know you can get in the football fullback um Oh, this is uh, I'm gonna go Vontae Leach because uh, you know, he, he definitely was the most consistent, so you know, he was lead blocking for Ray and all those guys like that. Uh, wide receiver, some more Tory Smith. I gotta put him in there, he's gonna be my third receiver, he's gonna be my slot guy. Well, I could be probably the best receiver we drafted if you know, for the most part. Uh, outside, I'm gonna go with uh, Bowden. Then I'm gonna go with Mason on the other side. They my three receivers right there. Cause you know, he's Derek Mason still leading receiver. So that shows how much he did for us. Uh offensive line. Uh I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Right tackle. I'm going Ronnie Stanley. That's where he started out on the right side before he went to the left. 
So Ronnie gonna play the right. Left guard gonna be y- uh, yonder center. Go Matt Burke. Left guard. Mm. I'm going to go with Edwin Mudatalo. I'm sorry, big Edwin was a beast, man. Maula and just it's a straight dog. Ko was good. Coach John Naga. That's about saying. Uh, ten. I'm gonna go with two tight ends on that. Tar Heap and Mark Andrews. So that's my offense right there. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's see. Next topic. But that was a good list, yeah. That was a real. All right. Um. Now we're going to, you know, have some more fun and more. Then we'll talk with the Nelson Aguilar thing. Then we'll wrap it up. Uh, let's compare and contrast the 2000 and 2012 Super Bowl team. Some similarities and differences, you know, the whole nine. So floor is yours, co-host. Okay. Um. So for me, the only thing that's similar between the 2000 team and the 2012 team is Ray, Ray Lewis being a leader on for both teams. And our special teams are really, really good. But we won – different ways both times. In 2000, we really didn't have an explosive offense. We had an older Shannon Sharp and a Jamal Lewis as our true weapons, our only true weapons. We literally went weeks without scoring a touchdown. And that's like unheard of in the NFL. Like the Ravens players couldn't even believe that they couldn't mm-hmm. score a touchdown. But our defense was so dominant that it didn't matter what the offense couldn't do. If you got them 10 points, they felt like they could win a game. Um, so like the Baltimore bully, I'm sorry, bullies of Baltimore, like that's the best name for them. Because to me back then, like watching that documentary just brought back so many memories, like they were just dominant. They were a lot of loud mouth trash talkers from the head coach to the players and the city just really behind them. And it was just so much fun. Um, with the 2012 team, our defense had the smarts, but they were getting older. So I'm glad that Ed Reed and Nagata and Suggs were able to win a ring along with um, Ray Lewis winning another one. Um, those guys had a lot of battles together, so they were so deserving of that moment. And I was just so happy that they finally got that point. Um, offensively, we were really solid. Um, as I was just saying about Joe, why I picked Joe for my all-time list, you know, if, he, if he's not going to do anything else, he's going to sling that ball. And having Torrey Smith and Jacoby just went right with what he did. And like I said, we had Bolden out there to make the tough catches. His homeboy, Pitta. Ray Rice was back there. You know, the 4th and 29 again. We don't have that without Ray. We don't have a Super Bowl run without Ray Rice doing that. Um, so the 2000 team was so special because that was the first time that they did it. But for me, the 2012 team meant more because of who we beat to get there. We went through a gauntlet um, of teams facing the Colts the Broncos, the Patriots, and the 49ers. And we all know who were the quarterbacks of those teams and how good those teams were at those times. Um, I don't think many people had us to beat anybody, probably besides the Colts. Um, and even with them trying to sabotage us in a Super Bowl, we still pulled it out. You know, So I can't wait to get back to the Super Bowl. But to me, like I said, the only thing that's similar is just Ray, Ray Lewis being there and the special teams, but to me, they're two totally different teams with, like, how we won. The 2000 was amazing, but it definitely was. But the reason I say 2000 was a little bit different 
always will stick out because just got the team back at the long 12-year hiatus. First four years, we stunk. We was an offensive team. Vinny was putting up numbers. Couldn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't, he was putting up points, but couldn't win and stop nobody. Then once we bought in and went to the dark side, like Brian Bailey said, and became a defense-oriented team, that's when the Ravens can and that's why the Ravens are always going to be known for this. People, you know, Joe Flacco's going to definitely get his run. But when you – who statues out front? Oh, hooray. So that right was error right there, you know. So, in there, winning games 10-3 to 3 and not – you know, we're going to – the closest we've seen a team to win like I was the 2015 Broncos, you know, Peyton Manning. Was you know neck scoring a lot of points, and so I was the only team that really won with a like a so-so offense. So I mean, it was just remarkable to see us like you know like the Giants scored off a kickoff return. You know that supposed to have been a shutout. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying like that. You know for a team off those games, that's remarkable. We would probably never see that again. The 2000. 12 Taylor and Ron, it was they they did their thing. Joe played outside his mind. That's the Beverly period. I'm talking about regular season, postseason. Oh, you know, Takuvia came. That was the only two times Joe looked like, yeah, it was the 2012 playoff, the 2014 season. And Takuvia, the rest of the years, he was so so. Even in the playoff games that we won, he was uh, he was mid as hell. Like one game he threw for 45 yards against New England, we still won because Ray Rice and run up went crazy. Yeah. But you know those two times he definitely played like a top tier quarterback. But the the way how that defense was dominant in two thousand man, it was just like no matter what the offense was. Remember the Giants beat the Vikings forty one to nothing. They smacked Randy Moss, prime Randy Moss, and they can barely move the football. So it was just like dominant defensive performance like that again. Like you're gonna always see teams score and all that stuff like that, but. The way how we single-handedly just won on defense that whole entire year, it was remarkable. So that's why I give the 2000 Ravens a slight edge. Ravens, Nelson Aguilar to a one-year deal. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Because you just try to take a shot at Joe Fleck. And I just have to say for the record, to me, it was the 2011 AFC Championship every playoff game after that that Joe Flacco was doing a damn thing. Like, I know what you're talking about in 2009, his second year in the league. I understand that. But put a little bit more respect on Joe Flacco's name, my friend. Don't play with him like that. You was out there chanting Joe, Joe Flacco. Which, again, he did play. He did have a good He did. You're right. He did. Okay. We can move on. <laughs> yeah, really but outside, like okay, uh, but like I said, he came through. He came through when he needed to the most. How about the Ravens signing Nelson Aguilar? <laughs> you know that's a typical Ravens move. We talked about that um, last week, wasn't it? Um, I don't really have much to say about it because I yeah. expect it. What yeah. I will say is that um, he's when here he's now. He's here mm-hmm. now. Want to hope for the best. I'm not going to keep beating a dead horse and saying how bad the Ravens are at picking wide receivers. Um, we're just going to hope for the best. I, I, mm-hmm. I like to hear the Ravens uh, talk to Odell. So maybe he'll come in. And then at that point, what we talking about? So 
my my first thought was just that's just typical Ravens. Yeah. Okay, all right. Me, I ain't gonna be too long. Um, I mean, I brought, they should have just went and got DJ Chalk. I'm pretty sure the cost difference wasn't huge. Elsie Hunter probably gave him 807. We could have matched that. Like, because okay. DJ Chalk, taller, younger, faster. Aguilar's okay. Like I got said, two ball experience with um the, the Eagles, but he drops way too many passes for my liking. He got speed. That's why he went first round, but you know he got to be consistent. Like Sonny yards out of him, I'm cool. It's a, it, it, money's worth player. And six hundred yards is not nothing. That's like fucking thirty yards a game. Like he can't six seven yards out of him. It's like it was just a waste of money. But like you said, we can get all Odell and draft for uh, Jackson Smith and or Zay Hours or you know. Um, Jordan Addison, then I'll be like, okay, I'll feel a little bit better because now we, you know, we didn't got a veteran, two veterans, how many? Yeah, but this receiver room need a whole new makeover outside. Of that. But, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. Then uh, we'll be back tomorrow and we'll get our topics on a few. So I, I kind of know what I'm going to be, but. You know, bro, Bishop, you know, subscribe to the Patreon on Spotify. You know, make sure you have a good day. From your host, Justin P., and my co-host, Ms. Shannon Fitch. See y'all tomorrow. Same batch. Bye, Justin. Bye, Shannon.